This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stamford Chidge and uh, this is the uh, infrequent show that we do called In Off The Post where uh, you lot, the lovely people who listen to this show, send in loads of very erudite emails and uh, me and my partner in crime, Mr Jonathan Kidd. Hello. Read them out for you. So there you go. And not only that, of course, but as you as you all know, is in fact there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that Jonathan Kidd is one of the premium premier even uh, voiceover artists of his generation so oh yes dear. so you Thank have you. yeah double treat you see you're getting read out but you're getting read out by jonathan well half oh. of them. we do split them up so there you go how are you old bean are you well I'm good, thank you very much. Lovely to be on the show. Looking forward to it. Uh, but we saw each other on Monday when we uh, gave it to them, just the two of us, the duo that we are. We did okay, I felt. Did well. I thought we didn't do bad for a couple of old blokes, really. Yeah, a couple of old gays. A couple of old gays, yeah. Yeah, we right. did all right. We did all right. Um, I mean, it's... Right. it's uh, yeah, uh, it taught my seven-year-old to go, oi, oi! Oh, lovely. Good, yeah. You know what? I mean, you know, we were saying weren't we, before we went on air, it, it's it's a lot more fun when there's a few of us on here, but actually it worked. So uh, in emergency, yeah. they'll just have to put up with you and me, I reckon. Yeah. But only in I an emergency. I be a third person, but you wouldn't let me. Well, I know, but I, I, it was too confusing for my very small and somewhat knackered brain on Monday evening. Now, I'm yeah. looking forward to tonight. We've got some good emails. Now, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live. Live. Every Monday and Friday at 7.30pm by going to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixlr.com, where, of course, you can join in uh, the chat by posting on the live chat page, which many of you do when you uh, when you hear us uh, 
about to broadcast and you join join in the Mixler chat room and have a lot of fun and uh, a d- bit of a debate, um, which is great fun. Now, uh, you can, of course, you can uh, follow us on all the socials uh, at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple and all good podcast platforms and some rubbish ones too, no doubt. And uh, make sure you leave us a really lovely, beautifully formed, glowing five-star review. It all helps. And talking of help, um, you can help us materially, believe it or not, um, not just with your tremendous support. And I, I have to say, again, JK and I were talking about this before we went on air. Um, we're blessed, absolutely blessed. The support and love we get for this show from the people that listen to it from all over the world is remarkable. And that, of course, is evidenced by the number of brilliant emails we get in. But, you know, we lovely remarks on Twitter all the time. JK for his fan bites, uh, people being very nice about the show on Monday, for example, for the other people that we have on the show all the time. And uh, when we when we're at the games, you know, home or away, people come up and say, oh, "I love what you're doing, boys. Good to see you." I mean, it's it's very humbling, J.K., isn't it? It is. It is. And um, uh, I try and give them a shout out as much as I can. But if anybody sees us, just and I say, "What's your name?" Uh, if you just give me your first name, I'm slightly embarrassed to say, "Give me your surname as well," because I give you a shout out. But I'm very keen to uh, to mention you if you because it's so lovely to be to be spoken to at. Um, uh, any games, home and away, and thank you for your support. I, I love it. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Um, so we love it. We love your support. We think it's fantastic just doing what you do. But, 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 if you want to do a little bit more, there is a way that you can do that. We have a Patreon site, which means you uh, lob us a few shekels every month, um, which just really helps to keep the old thing trundling along. There's no pressure. I mean, I, I love you all equally, whether you, you know, you, you're a Patreon or not. Uh, but if you do do that, and to do so, you have to go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. But if you do that, um, A, you will uh, get me to send you a link to our Discord group, which is basically like Mixler 24-7 and great fun, of course. And uh, you can also, if you want one, you can have a mini Kerry Dex Dixon banner, the, you know, the one that's ha- hanging up with the Matthew Harding then it's a smaller version of that. It's a replica of it. So there you go. Um, I commend it to you all. Now, JK, we, we've got we've got a lot of emails tonight. I have to warn you now. And and the last one is like War and Peace. It's from, uh, Do- it's from Donald Tol- Tolstoy, I believe. Shall I read it in my Russian accent? No, no, it's not Russian, but it, I, I've included it. It's so completely different. And Donald, as we know, is a, is a genius. But it's a whole entire story, and it just happens to have befallen upon your shoulders quite rightly to do it. So, uh, we are could, there different characters <clears throat> in it, Jude? I think that I think so. You'll have to have a sneaky read while while you're listening to me. Anyway, we should get on, and you have the first email, of course. Of course, I have the first email. <clears throat> have a go at it, Jenny Matthews. Hello, Jenny. Um, greetings to J.K. Chidge and other fancast family members. Well, thank you for the greetings, but it's Jenny. It's just us. It's slightly more. Sorry intimate. to disappoint. Sorry to disappoint you, but you know you could you could always write one in the future asking specifically for people to be involved, and you'll probably not ever get it read out because they don't do this. But you can do it. Um, I've just had the delight of hearing my email read out on in off the post. Jenny, here's another one. Alas, my light, my light, my delight has turned to despair as the feather for my cap that Chidge generously bestowed will have to be rescinded. As it, would tr- as it was Tromso at home, not away, which I described as magical. Oh, oh Jenny. Because, yes, indeed, if you'd, 
if you I was at home as well uh, I wasn't away that was magical so we scored seven didn't we score seven did? um after Viali's uh, uh, scored in that match which made it 5-1 there was a stadium announcement for a fan in the east stand saying tough decision here but your wife has just gone into labor I occasionally think about it back at that game and wonder if he stayed um I think he probably did it in 15 minutes. I think we scored two more. Anyway, uh, I'm also eating a bit of humble pie. Sterling has been more like the player we thought we'd bought in the last two epic games. Yes, but since then, he's been shit. Though uh, the pie is easy to swallow. Um, as I'm winding up the United supporting family contingent with even short shorts, Jackson has more goals than Rashford. That's very true, but he has got worse and worse since he's got a bit better uh, i know jk thinks palmer is the best signing this season i do but if the powers that be have a brain cell between them a clever cell you see so that's clever because it's duracell isn't it um then getting connor the duracell bunny on a long-term contract would top that for me and funny enough the rumors today are that connor is going i did did you see those rumors Chich? i didn't believe any of them you see that they were they were going to be a clear out of seven that pochettino had decided he wanted to go and one of them was Connor. Did you see that? It's absolute. Yeah, bad. I mean, you know, it's probably it's probably agent bullshit, newspaper bullshit, club PR spin bullshit. Who knows? But the facts are that Connor has not yet signed or renewed his contract. Um, yes. And uh, we also know that the club like to sign them up to long contracts, or they can't sign them up to eight-year ones anymore because the Premier League have just vetoed it. <laughs> so that yes. might help because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We never know what to believe until we actually see it in reality, do we? But the, the, the rumours were that Connor was not keen on committing himself to an eight-year contract. Having said that, JK, um, I do think a lot... This is what happens a lot, that journalists add two and two and make five. So they're yeah. going, well, that's why Mount left. Connor's the new Mount. He's not signing his contract. Maybe there's an issue there. Maybe he, like Mount, didn't want to sign an eight-year contract. So we'll just say that. Yeah. But, it, but it's a story. I've seen lots of several cut-and-paste experts on X on Twitter um, uh, revealing that story, and you think, well, you've just copied somebody else's, and it's just gone round like uh, like wildfire. Um and also, I don't quite real, understand how Dizazi would be going out having just been signed. But, you know, hey, what do I know? But anyway, the finish off the mail. Jenny, you said he was one of the few last season to actually play like they cared. He's been nothing short of sensational so far this season. But then we've had the the sending off and the strange performance against Everton. Um, you have to so, remember when this was written. So we're, yeah. we're, we're going back about uh, three weeks here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and we're well, so, so that right, right up until then. She's yeah. right up until well, the old, the oldest are at the beginning, and the most recent yeah. are at the end of the show. Okay, yeah. so we, we will because catch I, up. It's a nice mail, nice mail though, regardless, isn't it? Because we revealed that it was in fact Tromso at home, and um, and it's nice to hear from you, Jenny. Anyway, but um, and I know I absolutely do think Palmer is the best signing this season, without any doubt. Um, and they've got to build on having players like him. Or make the others better. And I'm not seeing that happening at the moment. Indeed. But anyway, thank you very much, Jenny. Write more, please. Write more in. We'll, 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 we'll sing them out. We but will. it won't be, won't be other fancast family members. Just be me and Chidge, I'm afraid. We will. We will. Uh, now, this is from Brendan Piper Smyer. Now, Brendan, of course, wrote that fabulous email recently about what American owners are like. Chidge, 
Uh, he also actually put an addendum to this, said, you, please don't read this out. If you Don't feel you have to read this out. But I love your emails, Brendan, and I thought, why not? Uh, Chidge, I can't thank you and JK enough for your gl- uh, gracious reception of an admirer and a beneficiary of the fan cast. It's a true pleasure to hear you and your guests chronicle the life and culture of the club and to get the feeling that I'm sitting in on a conversation that could be happening at the cock while I'm actually sitting in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm more than happy for you to publish anything you find of use that I write in, including my email regarding the gist of the American new owner PE owner mindset. I'm happy to be able to contribute some small piece to an endeavour that has provided me with a great deal of joy already and continues to do so. I plan to make the trip to take in a Chelsea match at the bridge before too many years pass. If possible, I'd love to buy you a Guinness and say hello when that day comes. Until then, I look forward to corresponding when I have something worth saying well how, i mean what a love i mean that's why i read it out jk it's just a lovely lovely very warm friendly email and uh i i, I really hope you managed to get over here uh brendan and uh we we get to see you in the pub and you get to have a decent match and we have a few guinnesses and it would be lovely wouldn't it jk it would it would excellent well done thank you mate uh third one brendan della bernarda Hoping to make the cutoff for the Wednesday. Let's the- all go down the strand, Della Bernada. Very clever, Chuch. I thought he'd like Very good indeed. Wow. I'm, I'm rather disappointed. I didn't think of that actually. Yeah. But well done. Um, yeah, I feel a bit, a bit limp now. Anyway, um, hoping to make the cutoff. I don't. Hoping to make the cutoff for the we- of the Wednesday and after the post show. Yeah, but we don't know how long ago was this. We'll find out. I'm pumped that there are more and more emails coming in. One of the best segments on the show. Oh, thanks very much. Become a real who's who. Now to my question: with the return of Nkunku, the trouble is with this Brendan is who knows he's going to return. Well, I this cannot... is three weeks old. He's been returning every week. Every week he has. In fact, he re- supposedly returned and then we were told, no, he wasn't coming back. Having been told he would be on the bench, which he, which he wasn't. He's now not figured at all. Anyway, now to my question. With the return of Nkunku, I cannot figure out the best starting eleven for this team. A real good problem to have and a problem we never had last season. But since then, Brendan, we've played like arses. Um, I wanted to get y'all's opinion on what we should run out there and a shout out to Dean Mears for the follow back on Instagram. Much appreciated, Dino. Cheers. <laughs> He's very good like that, Dino, as well as being very good. Anyway, I totally forgot to mention my time in New York City for the Spurs-Chelsea match. I was in New York City. My fiance ran the New York uh, County Marathon. And we decided, New York City, sorry. And we decided to extend our stay to go to Legends NYC Sports Bar, a known Chelsea supporters bar. And let me tell you, the atmosphere was electric. Starting off, the owner sat me near some Spurs fans. <laughs> and wow, they're just the worst kind of people, Chidge. I got it now, Chidge. I got it now. Just those couple of hours near them really puts their kind into perspective. The first 15 minutes or so, I thought it was going to be a, a long night. But then the gods smiled down upon us and turned Spurs back into Spurs. Yes, indeed. They were very Spursy, weren't they? The Spurs behind Spurs fans behind me shouting about the red and yellow cards as if going in studs up was only a warning, just showing their true colours. You stay classy, Spurs. As the second player for Spurs was sent off, I broke into song. Na 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 goodbye. One of the great football songs, I may say. Um, originally by Steam. Na 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 na, kiss him goodbye. Um, I thought Banana Banana Rama did it. Uh, yeah, you're a bit younger than me, Chid. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, it was Banana Rama, but or it was. was it, uh, or was it Bella? Uh, was, hang on, I've got to get this right, otherwise I'll be in trouble. <laughs> or, was, are you sure it wasn't Della Bernarda that did it? It was Della Bernarda, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, in fact, there was a cover because it was Steam originally. I know, I know really. Uh, you know, that you knew that. You were just being, you were being coy. I was weren't being you? puckish. You were being, yeah. You were being, yeah. What, what's the word? Arch. No, that's, that's slightly pejorative. No, you were being, yeah. Puckish is lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, with the game a bit, bit still nervy, Jackson finally took the pressure off with the late goals. We went down to the bottom floor after to join in the Tottenham get battered everywhere they go chant and left the bar on a high. Walked one block over and grabbed some celebratory pizza. I thought you were going to say celery from Little Italy Pizza and just soaked in the wind walking around NYC in my Chelsea kit. Fantastic. Wow. Which era Chelsea kit is it, though? I'd like to know. Mm. Here. Which which one is it, um, Brendan? Um uh, a day like that will always just bring you back. Cheers, Chidge and JK. Thanks for all the shows. They're always world class, forever and always. Up the Chelsea, yeah, Brendan. Thank you, mate. Very good. Yeah, good Very stuff. Good. But can I ask you now that we're not doing terribly well? Is everybody? Is the bar crammed, or are there less people there? Hmm. Anyway, we'll find out. I've heard that they're not. We heard that, didn't we? Where did we hear that from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the guy I sit next to. Yeah, yeah. It's been, been in a, he's just saying he's been there uh, have been less and less people and they're all they're all watching the Arsenal game because, Arsenal matches because and to be fair, Arsenal are playing very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Some very good uh, little little touch football. There's some it's getting the ball into space, Arsenal manage. Um with in in areas where you think they can't possibly get out of that. They've got three players on it. But it's Saka most of the time is a very good player. Lovely I think see. it'll depend on where the bar is, to be honest. But there we go. Right, next one, Richard Curran, VAR, a modest proposal. Oh dear, this sounds like quite a serious, I'll get my, hang on, I'm going to get my serious, serious voice and demeanour on. I've got my serious trousers on now. You have to listen, because you're the refereeing expert now. Oh yeah. Hello there, fellow passengers on the good ship Chelsea FC, a craft that seems to thankfully staunched a few leaks over the past few weeks. Only to get a few more over the last couple of weeks, really, Richard. But there you go. You weren't to know that when you wrote this. My writing to you concerns an idea that occurred to me while walking my dog a few Sundays ago. It's funny, isn't it, how canines can, yeah. can make you reflect? They are. They are. They're like, uh, I don't know, they're like weird they're spirit like, animals that give you a good they're vibe. Right, they're, yeah. they're, they're conduits, aren't they? They are. Con- Lightning rods. But not yeah, literally, yeah. obviously, because that would be a bit unfortunate for them, really, wouldn't it? It would, particularly if they had a metal lead. Yes, indeed, with those spikes. <laughs> you know, that would be very... That would not go down well, really, would it? No. Anyway, enough of that. We'll have the uh, animal cruelty people on us. Uh, now, uh, another couple of games were inevitably ruined by VAR, and I found myself contemplating solutions to this issue that is, quite frankly, taking a large degree of enjoyment from the game for all of us. Here, bloody here. At the moment, Association Football, like that, proper proper name for it, is reminding me of watching a netball game. I've always found the game of netball to be so riddled with rules and stoppages that the only person seeming to enjoy themselves is the referee. Oh, naughty controversial statement coming up. This is not the view of the Chelsea fancast. If it wasn't for the short skirts, I'd stop watching, but I digress. Oh, okay. I couldn't possibly what? comment, Richard. Couldn't oh, possibly shit, comment. Shit, I know. Oh, how dare he. Oh. <clears throat> anyway, sadly, the focal point of our game now is also the referee. I hardly need to tell you that this is not healthy for the game. Change is needed quickly. Most of us know that in order to get some semblance of sanity into the control room at Bletchley 
Park or whatever. It's not Bletchley Park, but it might as bloody <laughs> well be. It's a fucking enigma, that's for sure. Or, or whatever the place is called. We need to get ex-players in there adjudicating on the curly conundrums most games throw up. It, what is it? It's, it begins with an S. Sketchley Set, um, um, Park or something? Yeah, yeah. 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 Shithead I Park would remember. be more appropriate. I, my, I put it in my VAR video, but I can't remember. Uh, yeah, by the way, everybody, uh, JK's v, uh, uh, VAR video available on all good uh, uh, social media platforms. It's worth and, and a look. It's on my TikTok, um, uh, Jonathan Kidd CFC. You can find it there. All right. Now, these, uh, th- these warriors are the only ones who know how the game is played in the heat of battle and are best placed to tell a deliberate over-the-top potential career-ending assault from a marginally late stray boot that in slow motion looks like a scene from the opening of Saving Private Ryan. Almost said Saving Ryan's Privates, schoolboy era. Uh, So in order for the system to operate effectively, we need to rid it of the faceless, unathletic, balding, middle-class, schoolmastery, smug Noels who've likely never kicked a ball in anger and replace them with salt-of-the-earth ex-pros. Yes. Sadly, most of us also know that ex-players don't want to do much more than play golf, PlayStation, snooker, mahjong, dabble in punditry, gamble and shag each other's girlfriends. Richard, you you have a wry sense of humour. I am enjoying reading this email. Obviously, the answer is to introduce a system whereby the ex-players are mandated to officiate in front of the Big Brother screens. I call for a system not unlike jury service. Just as a regular law-abiding citizen can be called upon to adjudicate in a criminal case at any time, so too the former pro must be made aware that after his playing career has finished, he too could be chosen to spend a weekend in the VAR booth. Interesting idea. Obviously, the ex-pros couldn't officiate in games concerning their former teams. Uh, So that counts Dave Besson now then, doesn't it? Because he's played for everybody. Um where did I get to? Oh, la, 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 la. But the makeup of the Booth's team of experts could really provide some wonderful half-time and full-time entertainment. Just imagine the tension in the Booth when Roy Keane is teamed with Alf Ingerland, <laughs> Duncan Ferguson with Paul Ince, Vinnie Jones with Gazza, Lasso and Fowler, Elliot and Saunders, Terry and Ferdinand, Chaz and Dave, Climie and Fisher, the possibilities are Richard, you're a wag. Um, not not a football <laughs> wag, I hasten to add. Uh, this is an idea whose time has surely come. All the best. Keep up the good work, chaps. Richie, down under. Uh, P.S. I believe I spent the night sleeping on the masseur's table in the away team's dressing room at the bridge in May 1994 while waiting to buy a cup final ticket. Um, la, 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 la. The next morning for about 140 quid. The ticket was accompanied by a much-treasured pitch owner's share. The older I get, the more I wonder if this actually happened. Were any other listeners there that night? I remember getting quite pissed after a fabulous kickabout on the pitch. Let's not mention the final. Well, Richard, as it happens, I know that uh, Mark Meehan is listening live on Mixler. I would put money on him being there, but we'll find out because he'll let us know in a minute. So there you go. JK, VAR. Great email, by the way, Richard. He So he, he basically says, we. I mean, he was being quite... Uh, naughty and funny about it but he's basically saying that ex-players should do the uh do the var and i mean i have to say given that they are way better than knowing the shenanigans that get you know go on on a football pitch you know they know they know when somebody's tried to do somebody for example where the referees just don't seem to get it because they not they really they haven't played a game at that level have they 
as he says. But I just think there'd be more people sent off if the pros did it because the pros would go, yeah, of course he's he's uh, fouled him nonstop every single time they'd say it. Of course he's gone for him because the number of times where they even debate on match of the day, the yes. pros, and they go, you know, you think they were, they, they thought that was a foul. I think the problem is, though, we talked about it couldn't be players who played for certain teams. Yeah, but they'll have terrible resentment for other teams who they never liked. Yeah. So you'll never you'll never be able to find that out, and they might be completely biased against a team that gave them a hard time, or even somebody who kicked them from another team, or a team that refused to buy them, or or you know that they they didn't go to, and then and then they became um, you know won a cup or two. So I I think it, it, it's it's just it's dangerous. If it was somebody who was there as an advisor, I reckon that would be a good idea. But you wonder get wonder again about their prejudice. Oh, you... it's, it's, it's a tricky one. I just think what you've got to do is is, is get the, the the people doing the VAR to be more um, uh, savvy. I mean, you listen to some of these conversations and the blokes doing the VAR seem to be panicking madly and, and having a kind of weird dialogue with the referee that uh, um, doesn't focus their minds at all. And, uh, and also they're trying to work out the, the, some of the ridiculousness of taking time over. For example, the other day when uh, um, Colwell was hit on the head and they spent an eternity trying to work, you know, tell the referee that it hadn't, he hadn't hit his hand and um, and he was forced to go and look at the screen. You know, what you do is just say, it's hit him on the head, mate. And that's the end of that. You know, it's a, it's something to do with, it's some, once again, I always go on about this. It's to do with the status. It's something to do with the fact that they're always deferring to the ref. They always want the ref to be the final arbiter rather than them, themselves saying, it's obvious. I mean, offside, they make their mind up for anything else. They they feel the ref has to make a decision. And I think they can make just as if they're top refs, but they're not, are they? Well, I suppose they are really. But you get the odd, I get the, the impression that the assistants, you get a, a ref who's who's the main VAR guy and a couple of the assistants are just people who are operating video. And I don't think they're they're top notch enough. I just get the impression that they're you're dealing slightly with um with amateurs and then they panic if they can't make a decision and uh um they ought to be able to make a decision more quickly it, it, and some of the i i wonder the i i almost feel that ai should take over the um offside situation because they would do it in a flash and would problem. Um, i'll tell, I mean, tell you what i'll tell you what one thing you, you you kind of set me up for this so i appreciate it but i think what they should do is they should have a time limit for decisions yeah. they should say if you can't figure it out in 30 seconds then you revert to whatever was given on pitch. the trouble is though is they're if they're incompetent you know it's like they took an eternity to figure out the fact that it had hit Cowell on the head so oh, I know. It, and I the know. referee would have given the penalty so you can't really say that because in 30 seconds it, it's, it's but, but this is the trouble jk you're, you're you're right about the the uh you know, offsides. I think the World Cup proved that the automatic offside calls work. But everything else that we're talking about here is subjective and open to interpretation. So you're fucked. You're never going to get an objective view because one people, one person will interpret it in a different way than the other one. So basically what you get is you get this clash of, uh, you know, effectively opinions about what happened. And it's just it's just crap. But I mean, having said that, what I don't understand about VAR is why it seems to work everywhere else in the world, but not here. And I do, <laughs> I do think that that has a lot to do with the quality of our referees and the quality of the leadership and the arrogance and the importance in which they hold themselves. I think it. I think it's um, it's the quality of the people in the VAR box. 
it really it's down to because they can i mean the number of times we watch something don't we at a game and then we see it on the screen or whatever and you just think well that or even the number of times personally i watch a game and i think he's offside and i'm miles away and they spend an eternity and the decision is made and you actually see the player is several feet offside so i don't understand the machinations well, of that, that. i don't get what whether that's just waiting for the ref waiting for them to somehow let the referee have his status so they don't undermine him but um some of the i think penalty decisions nine times out of ten uh are I disagree with the... Actually, that's ridiculous. So what I mean is there are large numbers of times where the referee plays on and I've watched it back and thought this was definitely a penalty. So I don't know what's being applied. I mean, it's like the Palace game at the weekend when was it... Um, uh, um, uh, who was the... Was it... Is, what's his name? Ezzy. I can't remember his name. What's his name? He's... Um, Ezzy. Ezzy, the other winger was clearly fouled for the penalty and he got given a yellow card. And he, he was absolutely hit on the foot and, he, and his stride pattern was affected. I always ask this question, why would a player who's about to score fall over? I, I just, I really well, don't okay, get here's that. Here's another one. How did Cole Palmer get booked for diving when he, when he okay, he kind of went down almost instinctively. He hadn't really been touched and he got up almost in the same move. So he wasn't yeah. therefore trying to cheat the the referee because he he got up. Yeah, he didn't stay down, and yet he gets so booked he, for he, fucking diving. Yeah, yeah, but well, yeah, but once again, that's just, it's it's as you say, there's a subjectivity to it. But that was just madness. Almost if well, that's the law. He's full. He's he's cheated. He wasn't cheating, and the same way as Aziz wasn't cheating. He was he was fouled. Yeah, um, and also I don't get this business of like Romero at the weekend. Clearly, he's a he's a loose cannon that. Spurs player and uh, um, he definitely hit somebody on the ankle high up could have broken a bone and he only gets a yellow card and VAR look at it and decide yes you made the right decision and you look and think this is as bad as any other red card that we've seen how has this lot decided that that's a yellow card and you get them saying well it wasn't as bad as all that you go it's it one you know if he'd a bit more force from the player where his foot was actually wedged in the grass he breaks his ankle. I fear so, we are going down a rabbit yeah, hole. A rabbit hole. We're not gonna. We're not gonna solve this. No. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway, you got a anyway, song. You've got a song. Has, has Mark come in though? With um, no, not yet. Not yet. Anything about nineteen ninety four? No, no, no. You got a song. Fabulous kick about on the pitch. Very pleased they got to do that. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a song. Parama. In the middle of a pitch, Palmer. In the middle of it's a two pitch, verses. Palmer. I know, but I can't remember the beginning. <laughs> um, we've got we've one got... of the world's best. Da, 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 da. Palmer never needs a rest. He's got the opposition scared. When the ball is at his feet, na, 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 na. he drives straight into the box. He doesn't hang around. Palmer. In the middle of a pitch, Palmer. In the middle of a pitch, Palmer. In the middle of our pitch. Anyway, oh, that's Sam. This is from Sam pitch. Cullen. We were very rude and didn't announce it. It's Sam Cullen. And he says, personally, I think this is a masterpiece. Oh, I've got it now. We've uh, got one of the world's best. Palmer never needs a rest. He's got the opposition scared when the ball is at his feet. He drives straight into the box. He doesn't hang around. Palmer in the middle of our pitch. I'm so sorry. I'll get it now. 
And then he's got even a second verse. He gets the ball, the crowd, they know something happening, so they become quite loud. He's Chelsea, makes us proud. Nothing ever slows him down, and a loss is not allowed. Palmer. I think the trouble, Sam, is that um, all that would have emerged with this would be Palmer in the middle of our pitch, Palmer in the middle of our pitch. Uh, but that's all you'd get because it's very rare that anybody sings more than a couple of lines um, other than um, uh, the Williams song or uh, a bit of the Badia Shield song. But I think it's it's too clever. It's the trouble at the beginning. We've got one of the world's best. It's not the tune isn't, you know, but the the chorus is great. Um, uh, 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 I'll try and start it off next week when I'm away, see what happens. Oh, yeah. Not in the East, in the East Middle then. Funnily enough, the East Middle, I'll, I'll be asked to leave. But yeah. Um, Anywhere else? I think it's an, an it's an exceptional effort. I agree with J.K. on the fact that you know we seem to be very dumbed down now and incapable. Actually, that's you know what that's not true because a there is a Palmer song doing the rounds because I've heard it. I can't quite remember yes. how it goes, but I've heard yes. it. Yes. The it's, ba- it's about him being dynamite. Yeah, it's, the um... bad the Badia Shield song has got more than a chorus. So actually, I think we're doing them an injustice. I think they are capable of more than a chorus. But what I would say about this is we did have a song for Nemanja Matic. Matic in the middle of the pitch. Remember it? Yes, it was. In the middle of the pitch. I think that's a good effort, Sam. Well done. Good for you. Right. Michael Murray. Our our old mate, Michael Murray. Dearest Stamford Chidge and the Duke of Kidd. Thank you very much. I hope you're both feeling better. Well, that's very nice of you to ask, Michael. We were, and now we're both feeling ill again. Yes. Weird. People will start to Jenny talk. Jenny asked the same early on, and I missed the line-out. Thank you, Jenny. But yeah, we're both, we were feeling very good, and now we're feeling a bit shit again. Don't but, know. Yeah. It's the fucking plague, mate. Anyway, well, well, is it back to trusting the fucking process again? I mean, oh, this is going to be a sweary one, Michael. Well done. I mean, how the fuck can you go from playing like prime Brazil against City to looking like a bunch of Sunday league players? The biggest shower of shit I've seen since we had Potterfield. Uh, are we going to start calling Poch Potatino? Yes, indeed. I used to call Potter Potterfield, didn't I? In fact, that's what you've referenced, in fact, uh, Michael. You meant Porterfield, of course. Raheem, the best a man can get Sterling. Yes, he scored a good free kick, but he can never get going in the in the, in, uh, in, uh, the, in the not so big games, even though Newcastle away is a big game, is it not? So we're talking about the Newcastle match, JK. We've caught yeah. up a little bit. <clears throat> or even when he does turn up, it takes him at least 45 minutes to get going. And why did he not take the second free kick as he scored from the other end in the exact same position? But no, Reese steps up and scores a fucking conversion. Wrong sport, Reese. You've got to get it in the goal. And on Reese James, I'm sorry, but I don't think he's ready for the captain's armband. He's not vocal enough for starters. He's not mature enough for losing his head like that and kicking the ball away. Was it because he got roughed up at the end of the first half why he lost his head? I know it's a yellow for kicking the ball away, but I've not really seen a ref give a yellow for that for this season so far. But why not? It's only Chelsea, eh? On the ref, uh, we've got to say he was consistent. Consistently shit! I mean, within the first uh, two minutes of the second <laughs> half, they should have been down to 10 then. It's a different game. The foul on Jackson is what I'm on about. Now, 
how can Jackson not have any confidence? He scored four in two games. I don't think it's a lack of confidence, Michael. I think it's a lack of talent. Uh, he scored four in two games prior to the shit show last night, and I'm going to sing the same song. We need a proper striker, 20 goals a season striker, and someone that can fucking shoot on sight. No need to take two touches and do a little break dance. Lastly, as a 32-year-old, uh, is this my 70s, 80s period that you guys experienced? Because this is pretty glum going from winning everything to being a mid-table team. I know you can't win everything, but all, I, all I'm asking is show some passion in every game. Fight for the team and, don't, and just don't only turn up for the big games. But I will never stop bleeding blue or lose love for the team. I would follow them in any league they were in no matter what. All the best and up the fucking Chelsea, Michael LaBeouf Murray. Um, no, it's not It's not your generation 70s and 80s period yet. You need to be relegated first and really suffer the pain of that. And almost go down to the division below yes. it as well. Yes, and be in there for a while. A while, yeah, with no, yes. uh, no sign of progress. Be in the wilderness. And I agree with Chidge. The problem is, is that Jackson just isn't good enough, nope. unfortunately. Nope. He's nope, not. Nope, 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 nope. Nay, um, nay, and thrice no, nay. I agree completely with that business about yellow cards for kicking the ball away. Nobody else, no other referee was doing it. And suddenly that uh, the little rotund ref, Hooper, decides that he will do it. And as a consequence, Reese gets sent off. But of course, you're debating with Reese here. And Reese, uh, alas, alack, will not be playing for the rest of the season, methinks, after his. Uh, Hamstring, it's more than an awareness, Chidge, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a real problem. And uh, apparently, if it was read, read in the paper, he's going to see a consultant. We'd have fucking thought he'd been to see lots of consultants over this because this is possibly um, career-ending, yeah. unfortunately. And he's yeah. such a good player. And, oh, my goodness. I told you on Monday, I said, this has got tragedy written all over it. Yes, you were absolutely right. Um, I've now, of course, remembered entirely what I should have sung Early, forgive me. I'm going to go back. Slightly. No, don't. Please don't. Please We've got no, no, one of the world's best. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. The opposition's scared when the ball it as it's me. He drives right through and doesn't get again. Uh, yeah, no, but you didn't do it as well as me. Well, I, I, I that's for, up for debate. In fact, we'll, we'll put a poll out. You can all vote on it. Who did it better, J.K. or no, Chip? You haven't given me an opposition. Uh, opposition. You, you did enough. Me Read the next email. Oh God, Chip. Come on, oh. I don't want to be here all night. Oh, okay. All right. I just may fit it in again in a minute. By the way. Um, good evening, Chidge is shaking his head, everybody. And uh, spare. Uh, uh, as a debut on here, oh, Philip, Philip Rawlings. I was listening to your memories of El Tel and only realised he played for more, far more matches for us than the Spuds, although as, a, as as an old chap, I remember as a six year, an eight-year-old watching the World Cup in Seaford and between then and the end of next season found Chelsea as my team. I remember going next door to see the end of the 67 Cup final. <laughs> I was there. I was there, Philip. <laughs> As they must have had colour TV. But that was the season Terry left us, but I heard he had a £25 um, bet on Chelsea to win the Cup. God, betting, betting. If he'd found that out, that would he'd have been... Uh, He'd have been cashiered out. So my first hero was Bobby Tambling. Amazingly, we got a Chelsea pitch owner presented on pitch actually by Bobby. Hey, what a nice man he is. Who I got to? I'm not saying that you know. I've only met him once. Who it's twice I've met him. I met him at the uh, the party that you had. That's you right. Yeah. Who I got to sign a program of his testimonial. I'm a sad program collector. You and me both, Philip. You and me 
both. And to prove the old players have more affinity with supporters, I met Bobby at Chelsea do when I went to Cardiff, I think, for the charity shield. Bobby was sitting behind me, remembered me. We had a chat. The other one remembered me after meeting at functions like Peter Benetti as a goalkeeper myself. Remember as a kid getting Peter Benetti gloves as a main Christmas mm. present. I remember them too. So as I ramble on like JK, I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. What? What? Watch it. What? 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 We've got one of the world's best. Palmer Evans. Enough. Come on. Ah, 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 as I ah, ramble on like JK. Just to oh, prove as point. I ramble on. Oh. So as I ramble on, no, no, it's not what it says. So I ramble, so I ramble on. I oh, like JK, I, comma, like, like JK. JK. Oh, yeah, you're I reprieved. Saying, you're reprieved. So I ramble, I ramble on like JK. I've got here. So as I ramble on, I like JK. No, Is he saying no? No. So yeah. comma. As, as I, I ramble, ramble on, on, comma. I, I comma, no, it's no, it's like there's JK. no comma. Like JK. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Philip. Yeah, thank you because I'm interpreting. No, it's complete. not. I like JK. It's I. <laughs> Like JK, I am. Yeah, I am like your, JK. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as I ramble on, comma, I, comma, like JK, comma, it should be. Yes, but there's, yeah, but, yeah. but there's no punctuation. This is why I made a uh, a rick. Um, so uh, you're blaming uh, the the author of the email? No, no, I'm blaming you for not putting <laughs> the punctuation. <laughs> I've got time to do that and go through and grammatically correct every email. Or have you taken have you taken it out deliberately? To, no, I to, have not. To put me on the spot. Yeah, I feel like doing the rest of the chorus of that bloody song. No. Anyway, so no. So as I ramble on, I comma like J.K. comma remember the golden era comma yep, which culminated in winning the FA Cup and Cup Winners Cup. Yes. Although after uh, the first uh, uh, first on my eleventh birthday, being taken to the Stoke game in 1968, and before the world of social media drove all the way from Sussex. Only to reach Fulham Broadway Station with boards stating the match was abandoned by snow. No. Well, would you believe I did the same thing, except I came from Kensington, so it wasn't all that far. Um, no, actually, we were living in Barnes by then. Yes, it wasn't all that far. But yes, I remember turning up. And what a disappointment that was. Um, so my first match was a defeat by Burnley in 1969. Burnley. But my second match was probably the most memorable match, despite the result, was the game against Leeds. Leeds, dirty Leeds, bastards, uh, in January 19th. Bastards, bastards, the cup final year. And for some some reason, I heard our problem in goal. Peter was out. Tommy Hughes was ill. The chance our youth goalkeeper may be playing by the name of Alan Dovey. And I think uh, Hughes played, but we lost 5-2, despite being winning at half-time. Um, uh, God, bloody hell, that's a good memory. Very good memory, Philip. Blimey. Well, back to now. Hoping this team can evolve to the next level. Uh -uh. Although I don't share your confidence in Sterling. Well, I think you're right, actually. Well, no, he did play well in those two games, but he's been crap again. Uh, as sure we can sign a good forward and Mudrick will turn good soon if given a chance to play. Well, he's been given a chance to play and we, as we established, he is unbelievably quick and he took um, uh, Ashley Young to the cleaners for Everton but could not centre the ball properly, the Nana. Um, I must thank JK. He's only found the fan cast after seeing his fan bites and think caught it, caught it first time during our best week last year when beating Dortmund was at Leicester for that win. Yeah, I was there too. That was great. And that's when Mudrick scored what he thought was his first goal and slid into the corner only to discover he was offside. 
Um, I did see you two at the 83 Union. I was sitting at a table speaking to Jid. I realised who you were and saw JK in front. As a rarity, I'm one of the few happy with the fixture change as can go to Palace game and boxing, as Boxing Day is out of bounds with family commitments and take my son who's been teaching in Armenia to the Wolves game. That's a great place to be teaching, blimey. Good for you, good for him, mate. Um, we'll probably uh, spoken it, so I've probably spoken enough. Hopefully, see what the function with Kerry and Speedy. Were you there? He was. Were you there, Philip? I oh. said hello. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. Did you say hello to me, Philip? I'm being a bit thick about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> JK um, was with his entourage. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. I had so many people. They were all. He singing. was signing oh, autographs in the loo, or at least oh. that's what he told me he was doing. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Philip Rawling, still 19th in Premiership predictions. You're higher than me, mate. Yeah. Higher than me. I think he's probably higher than me now because I had a shocker last week. Thanks um, to bloody Fulham. Two weeks in a row, Fulham have absolutely screwed me in the Prem predictions. I think they screwed everybody. You just yeah. suddenly play like demons. Goodness. I sake. ate them. I ate them. Anyway. Dirty or... leads, bastards. Dirty leads, bastards. Right, uh... It's our, uh, We've got two from him tonight, of course, because it's that span of time, but our, our weekly uh, George Spencer email. Dear Chigi and JK, well, have we all recovered? It looked like we were well on our way when we went 2-0 up after 20 minutes. Then we rested on our laurels, allowed them back into it, and lost our captain to a second yellow. They then avoided having a player sent off as Enzo restored our two-goal lead. Job done? Not exactly. We let the back into it in stoppage time and then the referee tried to cheat with a last minute penalty only for VAR to finally do its job and overrule him. It serves those seagulls right for how one of them nicked my donut in pool on Saturday. And Bastards. And speaking of pool after a hard earned 2-1 win, a home win against Walton and Ersham uh, who I think are called the Swans as I recall because Phil Norman used to support them as a, as a young boy uh, Winchester travelled to Poole, whose pitch, amazingly, was actually playable. With the scores level at 1-1, five minutes into the second half, the floodlights conked out and the match had to be abandoned. Deary me. I see United lost again. Thank goodness Ten Hag is still in charge. Time we beat them again. Well, that didn't work out, did it, George? We didn't. Do you think there's any truth to Nicholas Jackson asking Astrid Wen for news? <laughs> Up until, until next time. Up the Chelsea! Uh, George Spencer. Well, I, I, I shall hand that. that, co- truth in that I will hand. I will hand that controversial uh, uh, topic on to J.K., who's our resident uh, celebrity and uh, uh, yeah, celebrity and entertainment correspondent. And knowledge on nudes, Chidge, surely. Well, well. Do you know what he's even talking about? Send nudes. You know, this is what the kids do, right? They don't go out on dates anymore or go and offer to buy dinner for a young lady. They go send nudes. And they do. They exchange nudes. I've I've been getting you know talking to young people. You've been getting some 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 suge- suggestions. People asking for you to send. No, some I, sadly nudes. nobody's asked me for my nudes. But no. I've been just talking to young people, trying to you know understand them, uh, and that's what they do apparently. So there you go. But do they what 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 area of the body is nude? Whatever takes their fancy, I believe. Is it full length nude? Is well, it? I mean, there's a variety of nudes you can have. Is it? Is it? You know, only boundaried by your imagination. Passive. Back passage shots? What is it? Well, exactly? I, I, I don't know, JK, because I've never been in a position to uh, receive any of them. OK, but uh, Nicholas Jackson is supposed to have asked Astrid for nude pics. Did he return the uh, the favour with a picture of his manhood? OK, one question one? number one. Do you know who Astrid Wett is? Yes. She's OK. The woman who 
provides nudes. She gets her wabs out in front of the ground. That's right. She does. I've seen her do it. I mean, not you, what, live. I've seen no. I've seen pictures of her uh, doing it, and okay. I keep thinking, "That's in front of the East Stand. How did she do disgraceful. that?" It's my manner. No, 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 I don't think it's disgraceful. I just think, "Well, how wasn't she found out?" You know, defiling my like, manner. Oh. Yes, excuse me. That 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 font has been there for at least ten years. How dare you desecrate that font? Oh anyway, dear! To yeah. to appraise you of the story, um, apparently uh, Nicholas Jackson phoned up Astrid asking for nudes, um, yeah. and she was filmed apparently, or I should probably say allegedly, speaking to him on the phone live as this was happening, live. and then she released it as a video. Which, she released, in fact, she released the tension in her in her chest. Uh, well, the thing about Astrid is that she does everything she does is released on video. It's, it's kind of she's like a walking video. So whatever she's doing, she releases on video. So yeah. that's not really a surprise. It's all about monetizing it, of course, isn't it? And uh, as, she, as Mark, as Mark, as Mark, as Mark has very sensibly said, I did say allegedly, Mark. Please confirm to me back via the wonders of Mixler that I said allegedly. Because I said allegedly, allegedly, I said allegedly, at least allegedly 17 times to make sure we're covered. But anyway, that is the gist of the story. I, I saw the video without watching the video, if you see what I mean, because I just can't be asked with that kind of nonsense. Um, I mean, there's no proof at all that it was Nico Jackson or anything like that. And uh, frankly, as I said, you know, what she does is that she, um, you know, she exploits her content for money, as so many of these... Uh, influencers do not us of course jk we're not and, like that we're and she has like ample content doesn't she yeah i think you're a bit fixated mate i think it's time for uh james simonetti she has bouncy content yes, um yes good uh yes james simonetti does james have bouncy content no um hello chidge. baby as they are good he says hello chidge jk and ow who's called out which of us Who's Al? <laughs> we know what that means. That Al means everybody else. But it's just us, James. Just the two of us. It's Alia, I believe, just isn't it? Just the two of us. Do you remember that song? Just I the do. two of us? Who was that? Was it um, uh, James and Bobby Purify? No, it wasn't. That was someone else. That was, who was it? It was. I don't um, know. Just don't the know two North. of us. Was it Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell? Mm. I think it was. Anyway, uh, James, he discovered the podcast. He said, I discovered the podcast last season. Yeah. Why? Why not the season before, you bastard? We've only been bastard. going 15 years. I mean, you know. Yeah, bloody hell. Come on. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, I discovered the podcast last season at a time when every Chelsea fan was in desperate need of therapy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. After one of the worst seasons in living memory. No. No, I disagree completely, James. I lived through Danny Blanchflower. Um, what a clusterfuck. Your pods made us all laugh our cocks off. <laughs> Thank you very much. During some of the most miserable times in recent history, so I'm very grateful. Keep up the good work, boys and girls. Oh, there's more. Um, I don't envy you trying to preview every match this season. Seems very Jekyll and Hyde. It's quite moment. easy. We just say we've got no idea what's going to happen. As, was, as my score was the other day, I gave three different scores. I had no Although that's an improvement on last season where we were entirely Hyde. Hyde. At least now we have At least now we have the ability to put in some solid performances and win games. Well, yes, but the last couple have been a bit shit. Duh. When we looked so totally lost last season, Poch looks good, and I liked him sticking his boot in following the Newcastle game. 
Yes. Uh, as much as the players need an arm around their shoulders, sometimes they need a good kick up the arse to set standards. Like my first boss once told me, when you fuck up, we will take the piss afterwards until you learn to never do it again. When you get a round of drinks in, then we'll take the piss out of someone else. I've made him old and cockney, which was probably foolish. Anyway, sage advice that I hope the team can learn from. Uh, once you learn to love Chelsea, you can never stop. My dad passed away when I was a young boy. One of the clear memories I have of him is watching Chelsea together. I used to watch Chelsea with my dad and it was great stuff and great fun and uh, very bonding, which is probably why I find it so painful to see us lose our family of Italian heritage and growing up, I idolised Zola, Di Matteo and Viali. What a, what a, a, a trio they were. In fact, um, he chose to support Chelsea because when he was growing up, Benetti sounded like our surname, Simonetti. Uh, Simonetti, evidence that I was a true blue pre-Abramovich. Anyway, I'm writing to share something you may find entertaining. I have my first child over the summer. Congrats! Good chuckle writing a Facebook status to announce her birth in true 2023 Chelsea fashion. See the attached photo for a screenshot. Up the Chelsea, James Simonetti. Here's the screenshot. Shall I read it out? Uh, yeah. Yeah, can you read it? I, I can't see it on mine. I've got it. I'm going to have to make it slightly larger. Uh, Chelsea Football Club are delighted to announce the signing of wonder kid Ella Simonetti. Ella signs on a rolling contract after nine months of negotiations with her former club. Although she joins Chelsea on a free transfer initially, it's believed that add-ons could lead to the club paying thousands of pounds in the future. Ella's style of play, oops, I've just lost it. Ella's style of play is noted for being unpredictable, causing chaos amongst teams trying to anticipate their next her next actions. The club's medical department have been particularly impressed with her committed lifestyle. She lives on a milk-based diet and wakes through the night to follow a strict feeding routine, which also involves several naps during the daytime. Chairman Todd Bowley said, we are thrilled to welcome Ella to the club. She fits our philosophy of signing players under 25 for the future, as she is just four months old. We look forward to seeing Ella thrive at Stamford Bridge in the years to come. Uh, her father, James, who was also her agent, said, when Ella learns to walk, she will set the Premier League alight. Upon signing a contract, Ella said, oh, very good. And there's a lovely picture of her. In a rather sweet, she's rather uh, lovely, isn't she? Lovely, and she's wearing a Chelsea shirt. How many you blue boys? She's got a lovely Excellent. look on her face, hasn't she? Yeah, she has. She has. Brilliant. She's, she's been watching Chelsea win the league in two thousand and five. Actually, she's got a look on her face that's, that says, "Oh my God, I can't believe I've just seen Nico Jackson score." Yeah, it's kind yeah, of startled exactly. bewilderment. Yeah, isn't it? Bless her. She's lovely. She, James, she's lovely, mate. Well done. Congratulations to you and. Uh, I'm glad you found us eventually, mate. You know, that's all that matters. As long as you get there eventually, we'll forgive you for not having been here for the last 15 years. Does that sound and okay? I like the abbreviation of his name, Jim Sim. Jim Great. Sim, yeah, I like that. It's good, isn't it? Uh, anyway, uh, in other news, JK, uh, Bob Usre says you need to get a cold shower. And uh, he, he also <laughs> says that Grover Washington Jr. sang Just the Two of Us. You know, no, it was re it was recorded by um, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I know not of what you speak. I'm not getting involved in this argument. Have it out with Bob yourself. Uh, right, uh, we are going for a quick break in a minute. Um, but before we do, a quick shout out, of course, to uh, those of you who would like to uh, buy a copy of the world's greatest football fanzine, uh, which we know and love as CFC UK. 
Uh, on a match day, you can get it at the stall opposite the exit to Fulham Broadway Tube, Strokes Shopping Centre. And uh, you'll see some lovely people there. DJ, Marco's always there. Jason, a few other reprobates. Uh, a, lot, a lot of us meet up and say hello there. So it's a good place to kind of hang out as long as you don't get in the way of people walking with their prams on the pavement. Um, now, okay, not everybody can make it to a match. I know that. Um, so you can actually subscribe to this wonderful tomb. And if you do, you have to email fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, and then you will pay 20 quid in the UK for a year's subscription, 45 quid in Europe, 60 pounds for the rest of the world. And uh, alternatively, you don't have to have a hard copy. You can get a digital one, a PDF emailed to you, and that will cost six pounds for a season or one pound each. And you can pay all of this via PayPal. And the other thing, um, you know, it's actually it's probably a bit too late now, sadly, and I should have said this earlier, but a great Christmas present idea, whether it be like I did one year and bought one for myself as a Christmas present, or you want to buy it for a loved one who's a massive Chelsea fan, you can buy a Chelsea pitch owner's share. Now, the importance of this is, A, it's unique. No other football club in this country has this. And what it does, it bestows upon the, you know, you have to say that the people who own Chelsea pitch owner's shares in the majority are dyed-in-the-wall, hardcore Chelsea supporters who only have the best interests of the football club at heart. So... um they have a certain amount of power because basically a, a, the pitch owner shares mean that they have uh, the freehold of the stadium and uh, and also the, the name of the club, Chelsea FC. And, you know, in, in, in theory, that means that, you know, whatever anybody decides to do with the ground, move it, sell it, uh, stick a load of uh, luxury penthouse flats on it, whatever, um, the CPO has a say in that and can say no, as we did back in 2011 when we said Say no, CPO. And we did. And uh, because they were trying to basically flog it uh, all off and then go to Battersea or something. But anyway, whatever. Bottom line is it gives you a bit of power and uh, it, it really invests you into the club totally. And uh, they cost about 110 quid for an electronic share, up to about 173 for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. If you want to know more, just go to the Chelsea website, chelseafc.com. And search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. Right, me and JK are going to go for a quick rub down and a cigar and a whiskey and then we'll be back after the break. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices – it's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the in off the post show, the occasional show where JK and myself, Stanford Chidge, uh, work our way through several weeks' emails and correspondence to the show sent in by our fantastic and long suffering listeners. So there you go. How are you doing, JK? How's the, how's the larynx? Is it holding up? It's managing, thank you, Chidge. I've run down a couple of octaves, though, so I'll be reading everything in this voice from now on. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, as funny enough... The they... way, oh, say, sorry, yeah, no, go, no, go, go, go. No, no, I'm going to say, I was confusing the song with It Takes Two Baby. Oh. It Takes Two Baby. That's, what, takes... Hap- that's what happens when you get a bit older, JK. Just a me and you, just takes two. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the first... Uh, email of part two of course the honor uh is uh it's, uh, it's all yours yes robert delcini robert how are you my dear chap uh good morning chidge and the delightful mr kid oh robert's a tenor i owe you hope you're doing well uh after listening to the last podcast watching the game against manchester united oh god i was there um i feel compelled to put my finger on the keyboard to type out an email god i wanted to do something else there was a reason for our ill discipline and recent Connor's recent sending off highlights this. One thing happened during last season's debacle was the inaction of our players on the pitch and boring displays with this decreased effort. It's sounding like now. Uh, unsure if it was the players stopping or the tedious droning nature of our coach. Yes, he was tedious and droning, Robert. But it is fair to say the fitness of our players and mindset took a hit. Then we get to game 15 of this season. We now have a high-pressure energy approach to each play. It makes it exciting to watch more of the dreaded XP. It couldn't have been more chalk and cheese. One of the earliest assessments from our coach was that our fitness levels were way below par. As you would know, when people get tired, they rely on their muscle memory to carry on. This is where most mistakes happen. Whether writing a report at 10pm or trying to pass a ball at the end of a game, fatigue can affect the result. Our young side is yet to build up this muscle memory. Uh, I think it's yet to build up several memories at all about the play from Dungeon. Plus, due to the previous regime, they're getting more tired more quickly. The results are the same just before half time or deep into the game. So with such a young side, things will only get better as they get used to what the coach wants and build up their fitness. I mean, this is an interesting theory, Robert, because nobody else has come up with this. Um, uh, I must admit, I think um, Fernandez does absolutely just sort of Blake out after about 45 minutes. And as we've discovered with um, uh, with Reese, he was just not up to it from the very beginning. And he's now out for the rest of the season. Anyway, look at how Cole Palmer and Raheem Sterling fit into this playing style. They've been used to it for many years at Man City. We might not see the fruits of their labour this season, but you should see a different Chelsea once another pre-season is in their legs. Up the Chelsea, Bobby D. I don't know, Bobby. I don't know if that's the truth. I think you're... You're giving them a very big excuse. Um, and I think, you know, they've been playing football for a very long time, all these players. I mean, surely they must know how to uh, last 90 minutes. But anyway, yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, I think there are other reasons for them 
playing badly at the moment, which are which we don't know what they are particularly. But uh, hey, it's whatever it is, it's not happening. But yeah, it's an interesting theory. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, we do we do say this, and we've said this for years and years and years, haven't we? When uh, we've bought quite a lot of uh, players in in the summer, and we say, well, you know. They didn't get a full preseason. We need, we really need to see, you know. And so I think he does have a good point. I tell you what, I would be more more concerned about, and that is, uh, that's the number of injuries we're getting. J.K. Oh. You know, what is all that about? When well, interesting to see who actually can play at the weekend because Cucurella limped off, didn't he? And uh, well, Sanchez is out, so Petrovic will start. Petrovic, yeah, Reese is out. Yeah, well, pretty forever. So if 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 if, if Reese and Cucurella are out. And there's no uh, gusto fit. Who plays right? Oh, Dizazi will play. So it'd be Dizazi, Badia, Shields, Silver, yeah, he'll do, he'll, Matson. Colwell. Oh, Matson Colwell, Colwell. Yeah, no, Colwell. Well, yeah. Matson will come on. I thought Matson, Matson uh, played all right when he came on mm. against, particularly against um, Brighton. I've not been, I've not been hugely impressed with Matson this season. I mean, I know he's hardly had a kick, which doesn't help, but I haven't, considering everybody no, was I, wowing about him. Yeah, no, I do agree, Chidge. And he was. He was uh, terrific at Burnley. He was really terrific. Yeah, but we're not, we, haven't, we haven't seen any terrificness. We haven't. So, no. Bobby D, great to hear from you, mate. Always lovely. I hope you're well down under, mate. And uh, Melbourne is on fire. Well, not literally. That's probably a rather inappropriate thing to say. What I mean is it's happening. It's great. It's groovy, man. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. Honestly, I, you know, some of the brain farts I emit, JK, it's quite alarming, isn't it? Yeah, um, but everybody understands. I'm Mr. Gives. Malaprop. Everybody understands and forgives. Yes, I bloody hope so. Anyway, uh, this is from Stephen Menery. He says, hey, just updated the latest version of the Chelsea app, which, of course, as we know, is the fifth stand. Maybe I'm being overly critical, but the update says it is for quality of life. JK. To what they're saying that the Chelsea experience is for quality of life, are yes. they saying? It, well, whoever's come up with that needs to go lie down in a darkened room like the rest of us when looking at the football this season. <laughs> I'm so, not going to argue with that. Well done, no. Stephen. Like that, uh, you've got a, you've got next one for you, J.K. Good luck with reading this one out. <laughs> Your oh. face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong. Oluwadara Fag Fagbohun. Not bad. Oluwadara Fagbohun. Oluwadara Fagbohun. Oluwadara, yeah, Fagbohun. I hope that's. I hope that's correct. It's not Oluwadara. bad. It's not bad. I hope we haven't been giving you a disservice by getting your name wrong. Uh, Oluwadara Fagbohun. Uh, hi all. Glad to be writing in for the second time. It's been well over a year since my last email. With the current state of the club, I figured I'd share my thoughts with my favourite podcasters. Oh, Oluwadara. Um, this is not a rant. I promise. I remember how devastated I felt when I saw the news about Chelsea being sanctioned. I started supporting Chelsea 2004, and unlike you guys, the Roman era has been my only experience. It had been an amazing ride, but I had hope for the future with the I'd hope for the future with the promises being made by Clear Lake. However, it rubbed me off the wrong way when they started talking down Roman's achievements and administration, sacking Tuchel when they did after buying players for him during the summer. Have me questioning their decision making. I think you're very right, actually, Bolawada. Um, as we all know, it's only gone downhill from there. The inability to secure a shirt sponsor before the season started, after all the talk, was quite embarrassing. I mean, I join issue with that because I think um, they they were hoping to get Paramount, which I think would have been a very good 
shirt sponsor indeed, but um, the Premier League thought it was, uh, um, what's the expression? It was... Um, um, Conflict of interest, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely the word I was looking for. Conflict of interest. The the great thing about having Paramount was that they could have, you know, changed it to paranoid during the season, depending on where they were sitting in their state of mind. Yeah, clever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they could have made it into a, they could have been like, we should have got sponsorship from Apple TV, then they could have made it to um, uh, Ted Lasso, couldn't they? Or it could have been paranormal because of their ghost-like appearances. Oh, Chidge, on fire, mate. Wow. Or... Uh, paragliding if anybody wanted to glide into the stand into the ground or parachute paralyzed or, uh, because they I mean, can't can't shoot in front of goal i think parachute is the best or paralytic because they're they might as well yeah, play yeah. drunk because they're so rubbish yeah, yeah. i mean we could Para- do this all night yeah. couldn't we we could yeah yeah parable Ooh. if there was a lot, a lot of bullshit involved yeah, like that like that yeah yeah, yeah. parabola yeah oh, hey <laughs> Because they play like they've got a disease like Ebola. I don't know, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should move on. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, also, while I have and while I have no issues with selling most of the players sold in the summer, it, because we all agreed most of them should go, actually, on the show, the decision to replace them all with very young players of similar ages without Premier League experience, rather than competing for the same position, is very odd to me. Whatever happened to age profiles when building a squad? Well, I think we've established they want to get everybody under 25, don't they? Um, now, if these young players were bought at reasonable prices, it might be understandable. But the majority of them have been overpaid for. Yeah, I think you're right. So a combination of young players, heavy price tags and an expectation to perform at Champions League level. This is not a recipe for success. As we can see, the expectations will weigh heavy on the shoulders of these young players. They are indeed. And they don't have experienced heads in the dressing room to pick them up and support them. I just don't think some of them are good enough as well. More importantly, there's a real possibility the young team fall in a cycle of mediocrity where the bad performances keep knocking their confidence and the fragile confidence keeps leading to bad performances. Yes, that's what's happening. It's a um, a vicious circle. Mm. My biggest gripe with this is I feel this gamble, and that's what it is, a gamble by Clear Lake, was totally unnecessary. I don't think they needed to make so many changes so quickly or make the squad so young in one go, most especially spend so much money on this gamble. Um, regards to changes, I actually think that the changes were good ones and were probably necessary because so many people wanted away and they were trying to sculpt a kind of contract pattern. But I think the... Um, the youngness, the youth of the squad without any experience in it has been a big problem. And yet, probably everybody over 25, if you'd got somebody like Madison, for example, to play, would have wouldn't have would have demanded more money and a different contract. So perhaps it was easier to manipulate the youngsters. Anyway, um he's very keen on being a gamble, I approve. Now, if we don't make European football for a few years, we're going to be in trouble with FFP, aren't we? Well, Yes and no. I don't know. I think they may have that underhand. I think it's just a question of who they get rid of. Um, uh, and I think, you know, I think they've got this very tied up. I'm I'm not as worried about that as I think as other people are. I just think they're, they've got some very clever accountants. Anyway, we'll see. With the type of performances these young players are putting up, due to the environment they've been thrust in, it's unlikely their value will increase much. I agree. I was, we were positing the idea on the Monday of just you might get rid of some of them for less. You know, and I know the FFP would be a problem, but if they then buy other, if they can then 
work out the amortization of others. You know, I mean, somebody made a very good comment, which is that um, if Lukaku is sold to Saudi Arabia, I think they will really be um, they'll be doing the FFP a really good, you know, giving it a blow, giving it a good kicking. I think it'll because um, they'll, they'll that that has been someone who the, the club own, don't they? There's no problem with it. It's not a um, uh, what's what's the situation with him? If they sell him for about ninety million, it, doesn't that make him? Doesn't that deductible from FFP? Chidge, do you know? Uh, I don't know. Is the honest answer. I just think it'll be someone else they can sell, and I think there's the possibility that he's now interested in going to Saudi. But anyway, um, uh, unlike other sports, football is about emotions. Soul and spirit is important for a club to be successful. Feels that the soul and spirit of Chelsea FC is slowly being stripped away. <laughs> I think the first step in their redemption would be to acknowledge this. Best regards, Dara. But I think, I have to say, I think if the team started winning, um, I don't think there'd be a problem. Um, I, know, I think our emotion would be attached to them. Um, I think winning is is hugely what it's about because you then if they're winning you start making heroes of the players at the moment none of them is a hero uh because they're playing so badly um other than palmer who i think is my hero but yeah i i um uh i just think it, it you can turn it around but with good performances and then you get very affectionate for the manager as well so I think it, it's it's on a at the moment it's on a knife edge, but I think if they can just get them to to play um, more consistently and with great flair and energy, I mean as we saw in the Man City and the Spurs game, that was joyous, and I think there was huge emotion there for that. But um, it's been difficult the last couple of games to to have any fondness for them. So I agree, I agree, very well put. Actually, what a great email too from. Uh... Dara, in fact. We get away with having to pronounce the other bits. Um, yeah. yeah. Dara, I should just have called him Dara, shouldn't yeah. I? No, it's a really, it it's, a, it's a really, it it's a really well, yeah. th uh, you know, well thought through email, I think. Yeah. Love to hear more from you, Dara, actually, because I think you know what you're talking about. There's some good, good stuff in that. Right. We've got, uh, got, um, oh, got a short one here. I, I lucked out. This is from Mike Fletcher. Now, I'm, I think these are getting more up-to-date now, these emails. We are in the shit. I don't think I can say anything constructive at the moment. Hopefully, I will be able to mail after Christmas with something worthy of broadcast. Up the Chelsea, Fletch. Well, I don't know. I think that is worthy of broadcast, really. I think that's it's short and to the point, Mike, and just exactly sums up how a lot of us are feeling. Would, would you agree, J.K.? Yes, and he puts a rather nice PS, Chidge, as well. Oh, is there a PS? I didn't scrub down. I'm reading this in a very small window on my screen, so I missed that. Uh, yes, and oh, sorry, fancy missing this. Out. How remiss of me. PS, <laughs> fancy you noticing it as well. PS. No, I, don't know how I, I don't know how I did, Chidge. Uh, I, just... I can't believe how you did. Anyway, well <laughs> done to JK and all the fans who have travelled up to the Northwest twice in the space of a few days with no reward. Much respect spot on mike well said i agree with you entirely so there you go credit thank where you, it's due thank you fletch it was exhausting and it was even the more exhausting because they played so badly and lost it's interesting isn't it how if we'd won you sort of the exhaustion just isn't just isn't as visible but you know you just go oh 
God, I made all this effort and they were so dreadful. Oh. But yeah, thank you very much, mate. Appreciate that. Thank you. Good. This is from, uh, this is another one from George, George Spencer. Oh, dear Chigi and JK. What a shit day. Didn't get off to a great start having to get a replacement bus. A placement buses are so awful. Um, from Alton to Guildford, because if Network Rail had a part in the nativity, it would be the dog in the manger. Very good. Having made it to the Emirates, the women's team proceeded to capitulate 4-1 to Arsenal, with Alessia Russo playing our back four like a violin. Despite the best efforts of one fan, who looked like he was wearing the entire megastore. <laughs> and then, of course, the men's team make a bad situation worse, going down 2-0 to Everton and being unable to score for Toffee. Oh, we see what you did there, because, of course, Everton are called the Toffees. Uh, we see what you did. Uh, with Reese's hamstring once again showing the sturdiness of a meringue. Very good. Add this to the fact that we had previously lost to the worst Man United side in a long time. We had. And you end up as cheerful as Jeremy Vine watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Did he watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I have no idea. I have no idea. Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. He's a Chelsea fan, you know. I know. Jeremy. Interviewed him once about that very fact. Did you? How about yeah, that? Our, dis our decision was, yeah, probably a bit plastic. Interesting. Yeah, good, 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 yeah. But that means we probably were being very football snobby, actually. He lives opposite my friend Tim, who I go away with, who I went to both the United and Everton games. Yeah. And uh, occasionally, um, when Tim doesn't make it, if we're playing miles away, uh, yeah. uh, possibly in Europe, he comes over and watches. Anyway, on the on the rare and the very rare chance that Jeremy Vine is a, is a stalwart listener of the fan cast, I'm only joking, Jeremy, for effect. Yeah. Um, yes, I know that you are as proper Chels as proper Chels can be. Ain't that right? No mistake. Ain't that right? No mistake, Governor. Yeah. Um, anyway, step forward, Winchester City. Oh, citizens, John. lovely. Citizens, unfortunately not. Having obliterated Bracknell Town 5-0 on Tuesday night, we're all set to settle a score and beat Didcot Town, a.k.a. the railway men, so heavily it would have prompted a statement from Mick Lynch. But then the weather intervened, getting the match rained off and sending me south to Eastleigh versus Aldershot in the FA Trophy, with Aldershot coming back from 2-0 down to win 5-4 on penalties. Hopefully the match against Hayes and Yedding goes ahead. It would be nice to see you there. Oh, Christ, when is that? You'll have to tell him, George. Uh, uh, until next time, up to Chelsea, George Spencer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I have breaking news for George, actually. Um That I I use this app. I don't. I know quite a lot of other people do. It's called Flash Score. Which is, I actually get a lot of the material for the preview shows from Flash Score and also for the main shows because it has great statistics and stuff. But um, one of the things that uh, I like about it is that you can favourite teams. And would you believe that Win all of Winchester City's matches are on Flash Score? And the other thing about Flash Score is when they cover a match, they do it in real time. And it's actually, it's second accurate unlike when you watch on the tv or listen to the radio when it's about a minute and a half behind so i can now follow winchester city you know on my phone it's amazing but anyway george what i've what i've noticed recently is that um there are there have been an awful lot of abandonments because we have a very waterlogged pitch anyway i'm looking at the fixtures now just to prove that it's not a fluke uh oh i see yeah 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 well they've got Tottenham away uh, on Saturday, obviously, we'll be at Chelsea, Sheffield United. 
Um, they got Swindon at home, uh, Swindon Supermarine on the 19th. That'll be Monday, Tuesday. I don't know. So I won't be able to go to that. Hazen Yedding is on the 23rd. We'll see, George. We'll see. Just just before Christmas could be a bit tricky, but we will see. Um, it'd be lovely to see you, mate. I haven't, I haven't managed to catch up with you once because, I mean, we would... I think, there we go. The match I was going to go to, it was rained off, wasn't it? There you go. Anyway, I've got a really long email from uh, Daniel Cabral here, JK. Oh, yeah. Bloody hell, I've got my cup of tea. Okay, ready? Yeah. What the fuck? Cheers, Daniel. Blimey. Says it, says it all. It says it all. <laughs> says, it all. It says exactly snap. Says it all. If uh, more people just spoke that, we, you know, the show would only be ten, 10 minutes, minutes long. mate. We'd get off lightly, yeah. wouldn't we? We'd know. We'd know what they meant. Yeah, we were. No, I, I think. I again, another sentiment expressed perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah. Exactly. We've all think that. Exactly. We've all been thinking that. We think that. We will think that. And uh, yeah. Oh. It, it it um reduces to WTF, you know. Did yeah, you know that? yeah, it does, it does, it does, it does. Right, next, next one. Next time, that Daniel just put WTF because they make it even shorter. Good. Um, uh, Mason Owen, how are you, lads? Well, good. thanks, thanks for asking. We're good tonight. We're good, but we're both ill, and uh, um, I could be better. Yeah. Anyway, um, hope you're all well. I just think I've answered that. You're probably not. No, I'm, I'm not. But no, no supporter of this club is, ah, you mean mentally and emotionally. Okay. We cannot maintain a good performance and we're 12th. Yeah, I just wanted to sit and take that in for a second. We, the supporters, suffer mostly every week now. We're now accepting mediocrity. I agree. I'm not accepting it, though. Not accepting it, Mason. Fucking accepting it, mate. I listen to every game. I can say hand on heart every time we go a goal down. I've absolutely zero faith we can turn it back around. Um. I don't care how many chances, how much pressure we pile up. As soon as we concede, I've basically written the game off. Don't think I'm unjustified for believing that. Having said that, though, we showed some resilience when we came back against... Um, uh, City. City, yeah, very good City. And also uh, Spuds as well. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that could happen. I mean, this is what we've been debating on the fan cast, is that, you know, will he suddenly get them to perform well against a better side? I mean, it'd be once again interesting to see what happens against Sheffield at the weekend. Will they capitulate will they be um will he somehow have turned them round will they have the energy uh what will happen we're we have no idea at the moment because Sheffield United of course have got Chris Wilder back and then one last weekend so typical instead of um falling over and uh and losing everything because they're bottom of the league of course they uh they've suddenly um found a bit of uh bit of progress which they didn't have before, but that's, you know, is that a dead cat bounce? Will be will we be part of it? Will the dead cat be bouncing and they win against us? Who knows? Who's that bloke? McBurney always seems to score against us. Or he leaves his studs on somebody. Unfair. Unfair. Um, uh, Chris Wilder's a good manager and uh, he had them playing very well when they're at their best again in the, in the Premier League. So um, you wonder. I mean, I think the division, I think I said this on Monday, the division is... Uh, is peculiar in that all the lower teams are now beginning to play very well. Let's hope we don't get sucked into a relegation battle by being the team that plays complete shit for the rest of the season. Um, anyway, let's not think about that. Um, uh, I don't care how many chances, how much pressure we pile up. As soon as we concede, I've basically written the game off. I don't think I'm unjustified for believing that. Well, I've just argued that we can or we cannot. Who knows? What bothers me most is a lack of wins at home. Stamford Bridge isn't a fortress anymore. It's a sandcastle 
crumbling under any bit of pressure. I'd say it's worse than that. I'd say it's a rich tea biscuit in a cup of sugary tea, just dissolving. Uh, we talk about um, Ozyman and Tony. Who are we kidding? Jay Rodriguez wouldn't answer the phone if we called. Now, he's a good player and they could probably get him for ooh, 40 million. Um, I think our players have an ego or lack of care for the club. Obviously, there are exceptions, but most put on a frown, walk down the tunnel, hop in their nice expensive car and fuck off, leaving any care behind. I think that was possibly more the case last season. I Who knows, Mason? Who knows what's going on this season if they care enough? Who knows whether they're just all getting... Um, they're losing their confidence and they're getting down at the fact that they it isn't working whatever Poch is trying to get them to do who knows I mean I I I, I don't think I would hope they really didn't have that attitude towards the club but you may be right you know I don't understand how Bowley hasn't managed to offer an outrageous good contract um, though realistic bonuses within the contract to actually entice them to perform I I, I don't know if it's I think it's they are do... I think they are doing that because they are offering them that yeah. they are I mean, they're certainly taking, as he goes on to say, they're t certainly taking money off them if they don't get into Europe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With GA benchmarks and more lack of Europe impacting their wages, anything to get them to actually do something. I, I think it's it's the way the team's playing and it's, it's and and the way they're being stifled, not dealing with it. I don't think it's a, a lazy thing. I don't think they need a, a financial incentive. Uh, I think they surely pay off the media as they should be getting far from every direction for what they've done to this club. Now, that's a very interesting point. Why are they remaining? Are they lurking below the surface? Why is United getting the most grief? Anyway, he carries on. I know it seems reactionary, but I want my Reese back. I'm not getting him, mate. I want my team back. I want my club back. I'm in disbelief that every team doesn't just play a low block against us. It's pathetic, really. You think some of Europe's best managers would have figured it out by now? I suppose some of them don't don't want to play that way, do they? And interestingly, as we we worked out. Um, uh, the other day, um, we do better against teams that um, uh, that put us under pressure, and we play a bit of a low block. Well, and get the, them on. The, they have more possession than us, certainly. Yeah, yeah. and every time we have possession, we, we don't just know can't. what to do with it. We don't know what to do with it. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Maybe I'm being reaction. Maybe maybe this club's just made me completely lose it, and I'm just off on a tangent. That's how I feel. I hope I can have comfort in knowing I'm not alone. Thank you for the word and platforms you provide for us. You're doing a lot more than the club would ever do for the fans. Great, great sentiment, Mason. Yeah. Love it. Love it, mate. Mason, your favourite Welshie. Well done, mate. Terrific. Terrific mail. We're sort of a bit there. We're halfway there with what you feel, but willing to think, oh, it can't be that bad, can it, really? You know, it's that, because that really, that is very doom and gloom what you've... Yeah, you've but I need to qualify that, because Mason wrote that, was, he, he titled that, because what you don't see, because I don't really put them in here, but when they email, they usually put a title in the subject line. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, which I never bother copying across because I'm lazy. But yeah. he titled that 3AM Rant. Yes. So he'd been stewing on all of that and he needed to get it out. And I think that's lovely that he, you know, this is what I love about all the people who send their emails in. It, you know, it, they get it off their chest. I think it's it's lovely that they're able to do that. I'm all for that. So well done, Mason. Uh, top stuff as always. You know, Hey, mate, listen, there's always hope, you know. There's always hope. We, I mean, J.K. and I have both seen the darkest times for this club, and we are nowhere near that yet. Trust me, nowhere near. Um, right, this is from Greg Gardner. Now, Greg, J.K., as you probably won't know, is a regular almost every show that was on Mixler. He is first in there. I mean, he's he's always in Mixler, posts avidly in Mixler. 
So it's lovely to have an email from him as well. So, uh, and I, I see that you are, well, you were, I don't know if you still are, but you were in there earlier. So nice to see you in there as always. Right. Hi, all. Uh, short email today, but will probably be controversial. Ooh. Keep hearing how we need to sell Connor to balance the books due to being pure profit. Well, I suggest we will sell Reese James if we uh, need pure profit. As gutting as that, now. hang on. As gutting as that may be, I think it's the right choice. James is out for another three months. He never plays. And how can you be captain if you never play? I may be from America, but always love when the academy players break through. I understand sure. I understand. I don't have the same closeness or attachment as the match-going fans, so would love to hear your thoughts on the situation. Cheers and up the Chelsea, Greg Gardner. Now, um, as JK beautifully teased this earlier, I didn't know that this was email was coming in, and I did. But um, and I said at the time, I think I think it's a tragedy what is happening to Reese James. He's our best player when he's fit. He's been plagued by injuries for years. I said, and I don't think I don't think I actually in, imparted the right emotion when I said this on Monday. But I fear he is broken, and I, what I meant by that is I, I fear that that could be it. That we'll never see him as the player that he that he was, and also also you know we'll never see him as the player he could have been because. I think, as I said, he's been our best player for the last few years. He could have gone on to be an absolute legend. Hey, he may still still do that. We don't know. None of us are doctors. I haven't got a Scooby. But it doesn't look good at all. I feel it's, tra- it's tragic for the club. It's tragic for us. But most of all, Greg, and this is the serious point, it's tragic for him. You know, I mean, I can't imagine at all what it would be like to be in that position where you have all of that talent, you're a key member of the side and your body just keeps failing you. I, I just can't... I mean, I get pissed off if I can't go swimming because my back's a bit shonky. But, I mean, you know, it's a different level for Reese. So I think it's an absolute tragedy for a young man with huge talent potential that he may, he may not fulfil. We don't know. Now, as regards selling him, um, I'd say, well, the, the reality is is that we, you know, we know that it's an easy win for the club to sell any of the academy players because it's pure profit. So you're right. We know that they're really ruthless. Uh, what we don't know yet is how ruthless they're prepared to be with some of these academy players. I think Rhys James would be, the, the, you know, all things being equal, I think Rhys James would be the last one that they sell. Uh, he's our best player and he's our captain. But I just, I get a feeling with this law, if somebody came in with the right offer... They wouldn't give a shit who it was and they would sell them. But here's the real question now, Greg. Who on earth would buy Reese James for the top dollar we would be wanting to sell him with an injury track record like he has? Nobody I can think of, JK. No one at all. No one at all. If they if they know, well, they, nobody knows what his state is. Nobody knows. what If he can't play at this top level without getting injured, if you look at the stats over the last couple of years, he's hardly played at all. So, uh, I mean, we did have two of the best fullbacks, overlapping full- fullbacks in the division with Chilwell and him. And you can imagine the, the brilliant balls that both of them provided for a centre forward. Um, I wonder whether we'd be complaining as much about Jackson if both of them had been playing and providing a service. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you just can't, it, it, it's the, you know, the difference like Mudrick beating players at the wonderful speed that he can and then just not looking up and hitting the ball to no one if whereas both Reese and and uh, 
Chile were just spot on with everything. So it is, I mean, the same. We have to put the doubts over Chilwell as well. Same doubts. Constantly gets the same hamstring injuries. Is it, what's it about? I mean, I, I was reading an article in The Athletic about hamstring and uh, they said in some instances, some players, if the training regime changes, some of them become susceptible because they're doing more um, uh, leg work than they were. Even um, backpedaling can cause a problem with with hamstrings that wasn't the case before. E so, even, you know, even walking onto a football pitch can cause a double hamstring, JK. Hey, particularly if it's me. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that was in fact um, on Stamford Bridge. I feel very pleased to say that oh, I was playing. You mean you Stamford. embarrassed yourself on Stamford Bridge pitch? Actually, at Stamford Bridge, yeah, yeah, with nobody watching, I have to say. So that was a plus. Yeah. But um, and at um, ten o'clock in the morning, it was the it was a charity football game, and somebody had hired the pitch, and I was asked to play, and um, I um, I played a rather beautiful one-two, and I actually said one-two, one-two, as one does when. I was playing left back. It's like when you also say nuts when you you put it through somebody's legs. Yeah, but I you always I have to say nuts. You go nuts. You're supposed to say that, you but will. I've I, I know, but I've never done that. I'm more interested in in the purity of the game by going one two one two. And uh, it's pure saying nuts. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, I, I've well, I, I think it's because I've never done it. I've never had the ability to <laughs> to actually not make anybody. I did it a lot, but that's predominantly because I used to miss kick the ball. Yeah, and it went through somebody's legs. Okay, yeah. I think I not, I've not Meg to keeper from time to time, but I've never shouted um, nuts while doing it. I was more interested in going ghoul, ghoul, as you do. Um, but um, uh, in this instance, uh, telling the story again, I managed to um, tear my right hamstring. And then as I attempted to deal with tearing my hamstring and doing that hobbly thing you do when you tear a hamstring, everybody does, you go, oh, ah, ah. I then tore my left hamstring. And the result of that is that you just fall absolutely flat on your face. And um, the substitute and the couple of other people who were watching on the side who weren't parts of our members of our team laughed outrageously. Uh, and I've then crawled pathetically to the touchline and uh, uh, the substitute stepped over me uh, and laughed and um, and said, um, uh, uh, and, and as I went off, one of the other subs said, uh, you were doing very well for an old bloke, they said. And, <laughs> Which was uh, horrid of them. Yeah, JK but, you know. was 22 at the time. Oh, Chidge, thank you so much. I was indeed, yeah. Anyway, yes. Um, but yes, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody would buy. Damaged you know, goods, mate. Yeah, absolutely had it. Unless, what I don't understand is, as I said, they're saying he's going to see a consultant. Well, geez, God, an expert. He should have done that in the closed season for good. We sake. said it. We said it on the show. Last about an off then, if necessary. Last April, didn't we? We said, yeah. "Good, there's nothing to play for. He needs to go and get that hamstring sorted out, yeah. get that injury sorted out. Take as yeah. much time as he needs to come back. Don't rush yeah. him back." What did they yeah. do? Rushed him back. But no, they fucking played him. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just madness. I, you know, I, I'm really, I don't know what to. Th I mean, actually, your point was quite good about the 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 change in training regimes possibly leading to more injuries. But what I can't understand is if they've got all this scientific, medical scientific knowledge now and yeah. analysis of people's bodies, I mean, the, the detail is mental. So why can't they figure out what the fuck's good for you and what isn't and then make sure you don't do what's not good for you? I think to be once again fair to the, the system, I think they do apply a huge number of these, um, I don't know what it would be, programs to... Uh, the stresses and strains on the uh, on the hamstring, but in his instance, they've just 
it keeps happening for various different reasons. And I don't know what they're going to do. I remember it happened to Spackers in the very end of his career. Yeah. They found out it was a back problem, but you think they really would be on the ball because science has just evolved since then because that was about, what was it, 96. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's almost 30 years ago. Uh, it's just, a, it's a it's a terrible shame. And it, I, he's such a good player. And I so hope that they can cure this. I just think he's going to be out for the rest of the season now. That's what they've said. In which case, you know, nobody's going to want to buy him. You know, I think, and he may even have to consider retiring if all that happens is you just constantly, constantly break down. You can't play at that level. You just can't do it. No, no. His, and and his, his game's, sorry, JK, his game's based on power and, and, and speed. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So. He hasn't got through a season playing 90 minutes since he played at Wigan. Yeah, and I saw that. I saw that. Who put it up? Was it Sid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's good like that, Sid. He puts useful stuff up. Yeah, it's not good. Um, as, as I said, it's a tragedy. It really, really is. I mean, you and I have been around a long time. I've been around longer than you. Actually. You've been around longer than me. But, I mean, you know, we've seen this happen many, many, many times. A really, really good, you know, potentially great player is cropped by injury. Time. Frank Blunston. Well, yes. Before my time, young man. Oh, I felt I had to mention it. No, I know you're just you're just, you're just uh, one-upping me. Um, I was. You were. <laughs> um, I mean, I I can't think of uh, I can't think of many. Well, obviously Pierre Luigi Casaragi probably in, in recent memory. Can you think of any other Chelsea players who just looked brilliant and then got an injury? And went, uh, Robbie, Robbie Di Matteo. Although he um, was of established. Course, um, uh, Paul Elliott, of course. Paul Elliott. Yeah, that that's probably the that actually the the the, the you know the the parallels with Paul Elliott are, are are astonishing if you think about it. You know, captain, you know, best defender, best player, arguably, massive future in front of him. Uh, yeah, although of course Paul Elliott was was done by that wanker Dean Saunders, wasn't he? Yes, that's the difference. I was annoyingly there in yeah. Liverpool at the time. I know I you were. In the cop, I know you I were. Believe it, I went in the cop. Bloody hell! You're a brave man. He took it. Listen to this, right? Everybody thinks that J.K. You know, is some meek and mild fellow. He took on the entire cop. You know, in 1992, on his own, lone yeah. Chelsea fan took it. Took on the entire cop. And do you know how he did it? He did a 90-minute impersonation of Diddy Man. <laughs> it's true. I've got the pictures. I, I spoke a bit like that, you know, a few times, and then some. You do that, don't they? This bloke said. This bloke said. Uh, he said, "Yeah." He said, "He said, yeah, are you a Chelsea fan?" I went, "No, no, I'm not." No, he said, no. "You are," and they then chased me. No, they didn't. Did you say chase me? Uh, yeah, no. Funny enough, I I didn't no, need just, to. You just scarpered. Just did. So they chased you out. You know, yeah, I know. I had to move. I moved and then ran away. I was that um, uh, bold. So you know. How brilliant. Now, uh, listen, people, we've got something a bit unusual for you here. Um, I'd, I'd like to think it's what I would call a treat, a rare treat. It's, it's a, and that's why I've left it to the end of the show, really. But it's, 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 a, it's an email from Donal, our lovely mate Donal Foley, um, who, of course, was, was very much part of the podding shed and listens to us live in Mixler quite a lot. Um, and Donal is a one-off. I mean, I would, I would actually say he's like a mad, mad genius in his own little way. He has not just written an email. He has written a, a, a story. It's a story. It'll be long. This will take a while to read out. So consider this our kind of 
Chelsea fancast does Jack Anori, and J.K. is the famous, uh, you know, personality who's reading the story to you as you as you drift off into your slumber. Yes, if anybody wants to fall asleep while I'm reading this, please do. Thank you. Here we go. Dear Mr. Chidgey, I've composed an entertainment for your show. It may be too long to obscure, but make of it what you will. It offers a glimpse of the possible fate of our beloved midshipman, a short quiz allied to a brief contemplation of a novel by Samuel Beckett, a reimagining of the film The Third Man, involving me, Tony Glover, a walking football injury, the sewers of Vienna, a Ferris wheel, and the recording of the 100th episode of The Podding Shed. Sadly, Orson Welles was unavailable. Dear Chidge and Associates, I presume that means me, I'm obviously an associate. Such a wealth of time has passed since I last wrote to you with one of my whimsical entertainments for the fan Castarati. Sadly, when Commander Tuchel was sent to Davy Jones' locker, ambushed by American privateers off Santa Monica, we must assume that young midshipman Bayou went down with him. Of course, I dreamed that as the ship foundered, he somehow negotiated the treacherous waters and rests now on a sun-kissed island awaiting rescue, or better still, thinks no more of the privations of the seagoing life, but swoons in the arms of a beautiful native who nurses him to health on the shores of some paradise. But we will probably never know, unless even as I write these lines, a bottle replete with some words of comfort, scrawled on a scrap of paper or stiff stale cloth, is perhaps borne ever closer to us by the tides and undertoes of the vasty seas. We can but scan the horizon and wait. Long pause. <laughs> Samuel Beckett published his first novel in 1938, and it was the last major work he wrote in English, I believe. What, I ask you, connects this work to, in no particular order, firstly a player who played for Chelsea between 1985 and 1988 before moving to Fisher Athletic, having played three times for the Republic of Ireland earlier in his career, secondly a stout brewed in Cork City which used to be deployed as a measure of how little one was beset by rancour, thirdly Maurizio Pochettino, our current and most beloved head coach, and finally a popular adage, elevated by many to the level of a law of science, relating to the perceived perversity of the universe to which our friends in White Hart Lane were recently exposed. Being people united by your devotion to Chelsea Football Club, a seemingly bottomless capacity for strong drink, a predilection for bathing in the tears of our North London rivals, and the love of the works of Samuel Beckett, you are all now shouting at the radiogram. Murphy! I, I was kind of metaphorically. And you are, of course, correct. The answers in a very particular order being Murphy's Stout, renowned for its advertising slogan. Like the Murphy's, I'm not bitter. Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong and at the worst possible time. Jeremiah, Jerry, Michael Murphy. 34 appearances and three goals from midfield. Murphy a town in the province of Santa Fe, Argentina, 
birthplace on the 2nd of March, 1972, of one Maurizio Pochettino. Oh, shit. Murphy, the aforementioned work of Ireland's third Nobel Prize winner in literature and a man possessed of possibly the greatest literary head of hair in the 20th century. Beckett's Murphy opens with the following line. The sun shone having no alternative on the nothing new. Murphy sat out of it as though he was free in a mew in West Brompton. Here, for what might have been six months, he had eaten, drunk, slept, and put his clothes on and off in a medium-sized cage of northwestern aspect, commanding an unbroken view of medium-sized cages of southeastern aspect. Soon he would have to make other arrangements, for the mew had been condemned. Soon he would have to buckle in. I'm sorry, buckle too, and start eating, drinking, sleeping, and putting his clothes on and off in quite alien surroundings. It takes one's breath away to contemplate the synchronicity revealed by this reading. Here is the perfect metaphor embedded in a novel called Murphy, describing the situation of a man called Murphy that coheres so closely with the recent experience of a man from a town called Murphy. <laughs> Maurizio has barely got here to West Brompton, begun his work, before once again the future of Stamford Bridge and the possibility of a move are a topic for debate. He, and indeed we, may well be looking at the prospect of alien surroundings in the next few years, assuming he lasts long enough, of course. And while I understand there may be one or two listeners who look to your fan cast for matters other than a close textual reading of the works of Samuel Beckett, there are two aspects of this work that have relevance to our current experience on an almost weekly basis. Murphy first appears in the novel Naked and Tied by Seven Scarves to a rocking chair in which he rocks forward and backwards, seeking to escape into his mind from the reality around him. Now, who in the last couple of seasons and very pertinently during our recent trip to St. James's Park doesn't feel like doing the very same on match days <laughs> as a simple yet effective means of transporting ourselves away from the pitiless events playing out before us? Fortunes may be about to change, but in the meantime, who can walk through their local furniture store without pausing a while in this rocking chair? I'm sorry, in the rocking chair section. Murphy has an associate from Cork, a man called Neary. Murphy had lately studied under a man in Cork called Neary. This man at that time could stop his heart more or less whenever he liked and keep it stopped within reasonable limits for as long as he liked. This rare faculty acquired after years of application somewhere north of the Nebuda. He exercised frugally, reserving it for situations irksome beyond endurance, as when he wanted a drink and could not get one, or fell among gales and could not escape, or felt the pangs of hopeless sexual inclination. Note, I'm led to understand that Nabuddha was the anglicised name given to a river in India now known as the Namada, which runs east to west across the central provinces and finds the Arabian Sea near the city of Barak in Gujarat. The point is, though, that it's a long way from either Cork or West Brompton. Like me, you will have paused to question why you would need to spend years in India perfecting this technique of heart-stopping when simply going to a Premier League football stadium as a committed fan and submitting yourself to the process of VAR will induce exactly the same interruption to the functioning of that most vital of organs. 
I appreciate that the moment at which the winning goal is announced to be subject of a VAR check, 11 minutes into added time at around five o'clock on a Saturday, may not coincide with an urgent need for drink, sexual release, or an escape from the company of lots of Irishmen. But listening to your discussions on a weekly basis, I'd say there's a fair chance the first two situations undoubtedly will. In a testament, then, to the genius of Beckett that he was able to imagine an induced state of being that only 80 years later do we have the technology and means to practice on a vast scale. And while we're on the subject of synchronicity, you may be tickled to know that no less a figure than Mr. Glover, T, an habitué of your broadcast, is visiting Vienna on the same weekend as me, albeit in a completely separate capacity. So, in honour of this event and continuing with the literary theme, you will, of course, recollect that Vienna is the location of one of the great film noir thrillers. The Third Man, the great English writer Graham Greene wrote the script, script, and it featured the legendary advertiser of Fortified Wines, (laughs) Orson Welles. In case you've forgotten the story, Dr. Bayou, a distinguished podcaster and distinguished podcaster, as he says, goes to Vienna in search of his old friend, Grocer Jack, with the aim of recording one last episode of The Podding Shed. It will be the 100th, including the lost one. But let's not go there. Oh, no. On reaching Vienna, he meets Mrs. Jack, who informs him that her husband has been hospitalised following an injury during a walking football tournament in the city. She was told he was unable to put weight on his left leg, had to be helped from the field by two men, and then taken by ambulance to the Sisters of Mercy Hospital, to where she is now on her way. Dr. Bayou agrees to accompany her, but first they stop in a cafe for some refreshment and encounter some of Grocer's teammates. The team manager describes how the stricken player had to be stretched off with a serious injury to his right leg. The stretcher nearly tipped over and only the intervention of a third man to stabilise it prevented catastrophe before he was taken by ambulance to the Lutheran Hospital. Dr. Bayou is puzzled at this version of events, not only because here in one of the heartlands of the Counter-Reformation, it suggests an unlikely confusion about the Christian confessional tradition that is caring for his friend, but it clearly contradicts what he was told earlier about the injury and the manner of escort from the field. Minutes later, as he he prepares to avail himself of the water closet facilities, he is called to one side by the team Kitman, who tells him he's a dedicated subscriber to the podding shed and has information relating to the mysterious injury. But before he can go any further, the team manager intervenes and tells him he must get back to the laundrette across the road to collect the team shirts. And Dr. Bayou never sees him again. From the cafe, they phone both hospitals and neither has details of a grocer Jack. So Dr. Bayou offers to accompany a worried Mrs. Jack back to her hotel as it's now evening and darkness has fallen. As they near the hotel, Dr. Bayou senses they're being followed but cannot see anyone in the streets around him. Having seen Mrs. Jack to the door, Dr. Bayou begins the walk back to his hotel when suddenly, illuminated by the headlight of a turning car, He sees the face of his old associate in a shop doorway. Shocked, he starts toward him, but the figure runs away, lost in the shadows, and makes his escape via the sewers. On returning to his hotel, the receptionist hands him a note. It's from Grocer Jack and requests he meet him the following day at the Weiner Reisenrand. 
Rezaisenrad. That's a Ferris wheel to you and me. Rezaisenrad. Yeah, that's a Ferris wheel. Rad is a wheel, of course. And so the next day, he finally meets his old podcasting chum as they sit on the wheel. Vienna laid out below them. Grocer Jack confesses that he is in Vienna to meet the producers of the Chelsea fancast and appear regularly in their episodes. The injury was a ruse, enabling him to get to the meeting unobserved. He warns Dr. Bayou he must not mention this to the numerous disciples of the Podding Shed, of which Vienna is a particular hotbed. Reluctantly, Dr. Bayou agrees and prepares to leave the city, his dream shattered. But first he decides he must go and see Mrs. Grocer Jack and tell her what he knows. They meet her, and they meet her. No, they meet in the lobby of her hotel. She's relieved to hear that her husband is neither injured nor hospitalised, and to Dr. Bayou's discomfiture, declares herself more than happy to hear that her beloved grocer will no longer be spending his time in the cold, cramped old shed, talking nonsense with such wit witless idiots as the doctor, but would instead branch out into the wider world of popular footballing podcastery with proper facilities, recognised celebrities, and a warm and comfortable studio setting. Unbeknownst to Dr. Bio and Mrs. Grocer Jack, a member of the hotel staff, a bellboy, is a fanatical listener to the podding shed and overhears their conversation. As Dr. Bio leaves the hotel, this man beckons him into a side alley and reveals that he and a coterie of dedicated shedders have long suspected that treachery was afoot and have a plan to kidnap the grocer and force him to record the 100th episode they've awaited for so long. Dr. Bayou will have none of it, urges that no such crime should be committed and vows to leave the city immediately. But the bellboy then plays him excerpts from fancast episodes. He's horrified to hear an avalanche of swearing, <laughs> sexual allusion, trenchant criticism of the doctor's favourite players, jolly banter, support for charitable causes, intimate knowledge of Chelsea history, and all of it professionally recorded in a way that allows you to listen in real time. He realises immediately he cannot allow the grocer to become part of this and agrees to participate in the kidnapping. He contacts the grocer, asking to meet one last time before he leaves the city and podcasting for good. They agree a venue for that afternoon. As Dr. Bayou approaches the meeting place, a small cafe, he realises realizes that Mrs. Grocer Jack has followed him. She hurries past him, warns the grocer it's a trap. He dives out of the back of the cafe, heads for the sewers, pursued by a group of shedders who have been lying in wait. The grocer moves through the sewers. He's walking fast, so wedded to the rules of walking football, he doesn't want to run. The shedders, unencumbered by any such gentlemanly mores, are closing in. The grocer realises he must up the pace, breaks into a run, but immediately there is a tearing sound. <laughs> His hamstring has given way. Stricken, he drags himself up an iron staircase towards a street grating that offers his only hope of escape. Reaching it, he finds he cannot push it up and free himself. Then the face of Dr. Bayou appears at the grating, through which he thrusts a microphone. Resigned to his fate, perspiring in agony from his torn hamstring, and knowing there is no escape, he gives an imperceptible look of acknowledgement. Dr. Bayou presses record the next day on his way to visit grocer jack at the sisters of mercy hospital dr bayou is walking down a long corridor he sees mrs jack coming towards him in the distance he decides to wait and speak to her 
she passes by with no acknowledgement of his presence and walks on. Dr. Bayou sighs deeply, takes out his tape recorder, hesitates a moment, and then presses erase. But why, JK? But why? Why did why did he press erase? There'll have to be another episode, Chidge. Mate, it's like Doctor Fucking Who. Yeah, we need another episode, actually, Donald. So you got to write another one now, mate. I mean, yeah. he's a mad genius. I, I don't. I, I'm almost lost for words about how spectacular that. And I actually say, mate, look, you know, I, you know, I need to do that for you. That was quite brilliant. Quite brilliant. You did that the justice it deserved. Thank you. My pleasure. No, you were absolutely superb. But he's he's wonderfully bonkers. I mean, that's just. Did, did you enjoy that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? But brilliant. But it's beautifully Beckett as well. It is. It? It's very Beckett. Donal, you are a living legend and a complete and utter mad, crazy genius. And I I love the fact you wrote it. I love the fact you sent it in. And I love the fact that we read it out because that's what we do. That's how we and roll. it's beautifully Graham Greene as well, it of is. course. I don't know how long that took. About 20 minutes? I don't know. Did it? I don't know. It's, it's, now, it's now quarter to 11. It's got to be 20 <laughs> minutes. Only the Chelsea fan cast would do that. Only we would do it. Nobody else would do it. I guarantee you, nobody else. Anybody left on mixed love, they're all gone. No, they're all gone. No, no. Actually, we've only lost two. We've lost two. How about that? That's not bad. Anyway, Donald, thank you, mate. I hope I hope you're well. I hope you are well. It's I haven't seen you for ages. It'd be lovely to see you. Now, um, talk about serendipity. I mean, obviously, that's all we've got time for, for tonight. Uh, but guess what? JK and I will be back on Friday to preview the Chelsea versus Sheffield United match, but we will be joined by, would you believe, Grocer, Grocer Jack. Jack. Yes, Grocer Jack himself will be with us on Friday. Maybe we can find out what happened next. I mean, I don't know if he's if he's seen this, but, but he was in it, so you should know, shouldn't he? Uh, so there we go. So we're back on Friday. Hopefully we'll have uh, uh, the lovely Ben on, the travelling blade. I pinged an email to him tonight, so hopefully he's got that and he's available and we can get a good opposition view from him. He's lovely, really entertaining chap. So do Great. join us. Do join us on Friday. Now, in off the post, as you know, I kind of store them up at the moment. So, uh, you know, get them in. And uh, when I feel we have enough, we will do another show. Um, so there you go if you want your email read out all of that kind of jazz bloody bloody blah doesn't matter you can be Patreon Instagram Facebook I don't mind tweet whatever um, but the email address which is basically how pretty much everybody sends them in is chelseafancast at gmail.com uh, now as I said earlier on you can follow the show on all the social media at chelseafancast me at Stamford Chidge on X or Twitter or whatever well it's actually social media really I'm Stamford Chidge pretty much everywhere Jonathan is Jonathan Kid pretty much everywhere so there you go. JK, um, I do love doing these shows with you. Great fun. Enjoyed that tonight. Thank you uh, for lending me your voice, but also particularly for that last one from Donal. Brilliant work. Thank you so much. It's, it's lovely to do these. They're great. And I, I just love the fact that they come up with stuff that we don't come up with. I think that's just yeah. part of the joy of getting them is the angle that people come in for is from. And the fact that they're miles away as well and, and just as, as fervent Chelsea fans as we are. Passionate. Probably passionate yeah and i love all of that yeah me too they're a good crowd we're very blessed to have them on on our on our team as it were so there you go right uh you lot out there well done for listening and uh uh, thank you for listening as i said see you soon until actually we'll see friday that's the point we'll see you this friday and uh, until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chills chills. chills. (laughs)
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.